Well, we welcome you back. Another edition of Death Taxes and Duval, an absolute slaughter at the bank on Sunday. And unfortunately, the Jaguars, after winning five in a row, were on the receiving end of it. Let's take a look back. Also, look forward along with Hayes Carline. My name is Rick Boyle. And Hayes, you could tell from the minute that toe met leather that San Francisco was the better team. Yeah, it was. It was such a uh, a mismatch in in terms of the teams being, I thought, ready to play. Doug Peterson kind of shot that down uh, in the post game. He, you know, he believed the team was ready to play. And and look, I'm not going to quibble, but it, it certainly seemed early on that it was uh, it was going to be a long day for the Jaguars. I do want to thank John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, as we get rocking here. Four seven one seven one five five. Had lunch with John today. He's doing great. And uh, he can help you with home insurance, too. So car insurance, we've, we've talked a lot about that. Make sure you're not paying too much for your car insurance, and he can help you with that. He can look at your policy. But also home insurance. Shop that around. You know, that's, that's getting harder to find. It's getting pricier. So make sure your home insurance is in good shape. Again, just give John a call, 471-7155. He'll look at it, and he'll, he'll tell you if he can save you some money. So, uh, so give him a call. John Spicklemeyer is a great guy. I... When Trevor turned his back to the rush on the first play, I, I knew it was going to be a really long day. And, and defensively, yeah. I, you know, I thought I thought the Jaguar defense did come to play. I just think they were sort of swept away by some kind of fluky plays. Uh, and uh, I think most weeks the Purdy touchdown to Ayuk is an interception. I think most weeks the touchdown to Kittle is probably an incomplete pass. But – to their credit, they they hit both those plays, and and that was the difference offensively. You know, Rick, we obviously we sit up in the press box, and you know, with binoculars, you get a really good look at it 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 these guys in detail. I'm not sure I've ever seen a bigger front seven than what the 49ers throw at an opponent. I mean, I was shocked. I can't remember the last time I you know I was like focusing on the trenches the first few plays of the game and. I mean, the from the first snap when Trevor Lawrence broke the huddle, I was just in awe of yeah. the frame of Fred Warner, that defensive front. I mean, you, you could tell from that moment the Jaguars' offensive line, who's barely blocked anybody all year, they weren't going to have a, a fighting chance against this group. It was a slaughter. It was, and, you know, Mike Caldwell was in Tampa for years, and it felt a little bit like Tampa to – to, to one extent, anyway, when they you know when they moved those former Ohio State top draft picks uh, inside it, it at times, and I I think it flustered the the offensive line. It was not a good day uh, for that group. They've been much maligned uh, for quite some time, and you know now they have more questions to ask. Particularly, you know what are they going to do at left guard? And it's even more than that. I mean, for me. You have eight games remaining, and you know I still think this team wins the AFC South and can hopefully win a playoff game, uh, possibly two. Uh, but I, you know, I really wonder about the future of Luke Fortner at center, and I, I wonder about you know the, the amount of money Sheriff's making in right guard. So that whole offensive line uh, now has to be looked upon for the 2024 season, and all of a sudden there are questions about wide receiver and and really the lack of depth there. So. You know, it feels like everything caught up with them. What's disappointing to me is, well, listen, we both picked San Francisco. So I expected San Francisco, you expected San Francisco to win this game. And we highlighted the reasons why last week. 
What I didn't expect was for Jacksonville just not to show up at all. And and now twice in in uh, in four games they have been completely embarrassed at home. And you know nothing in this town is just a win or just a loss. It's either you're you know you're either anorexic or you're obese. It's one <laughs> or the other. And and this fan base goes crazy. And, you know, it's too bad. You get the Danny Canals and the others that pop off on the crowd. And we hear how Trevor's always saying that, you know, he keeps his receipts. He's aware of what people say. I'll tell you one thing. They're not aware of what they say when they pick on Jacksonville and when they pick on this fan base because it's as if they could care less. Uh, you would think that there'd be – and I won't use the word pride because pride's gone in, in, in the NFL. It left about 50 years ago. Uh, but you would think they'd have some self-respect in front of the home fans to try to play a little bit better football and not get completely embarrassed, but they did. And it's it, it's the second time it's happened to this football team at home. Now, listen, I think it's going to be all right. You and I sat next to Doug Peterson after that Houston blowout, and, and I still thought that that was the worst moment of the 2023 season. And they turned it around. They flipped the switch. They went out and they won five straight games. I think they're going to be able to do that again. They may not win five straight, but I think they're going to be able to find themselves. But but still, I this is disturbing to see what they've done here now in two games at home. Yeah, I'm not, from a macro standpoint, I'm not concerned. I, I think they'll rebound well. They've They've shown that over this last calendar year. Uh, and so I believe that's in their DNA. So I'm not overly concerned that this is going to lead to a string of losses and, and a disappointing season. I, I, I give them that benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, there was something to be said. I was surprised there were people that dismissed it. When a good team, potentially a great team, has lost three straight games coming in, you're probably getting their best shot. And when you've won five in a row and you're coming off a bye week, that hard reset, it might be hard to get back in your groove right away and have that edge. And that's what you saw. You saw one team that had an edge and one team that didn't. And you just, if you're a fan and you want to be frustrated by that, be frustrated by it. But it is the world of professional sports. Uh, these guys are not robots. I don't think you're going to see a team that is going to go 17-0 and uh, at any point in our lifetime in this league. It's just the nature of the NFL, and uh, you can be disappointed all you want by it, and I get it if you paid your money to go. I mean, you, you didn't get uh, – they, they cheated you uh, if, in, in terms of your entertainment dollar, but I don't think it means that, that they're in any sort of trouble. Now, they have things they have to fix, and I'm glad you brought up left guard. What would you do with that position, Rick? Oh, goodness. You know, I, after what happened last week, I think it's time for Cleveland. If, if he's too. healthy and he's ready to go, I mean that that's the next move. If, if not, you can even say, do you go back to Shatley? I mean, it just did not work out right at all for Walker Little. And you know, I think they put themselves in a very interesting situation here. He he played well four games at left tackle, then he got injured at left guard. Cam has played good football since he's replaced him, but Cam's gone at the end of the year. You're going to bench this guy now twice. Well, I guess you slid him down the first time to guard, but now you're going to sit him down and then turn around and say, oh, you're our guy. You're going to protect our franchise quarterback. 
I, I Walker Little's got a real good head on his shoulders. I don't know if he'll be uh, that he'll take it in a spiteful way like so many players in the league would. I mean, just look around the NFL and the complaining and the thing that goes on if you're not uh, particularly, you know, those skill position uh, players with, you know, the, the divas if they're not getting enough footballs thrown their way. I, I don't think that's going to be the, the deal for Walker Little, but I, I still think it's going to be somewhat unusual. Um, this offensive line is really, really bad. And, you know, you look at it, and Trevor Lawrence has got what? One more, you know, right around five. I think it's one more turnover on the year than actually a touchdown. Right. Nine touchdowns, ten turnovers. He's not playing particularly well yet during that five-game win streak. He did some really nice things. And then, you know, he bottoms out this past Sunday. Um, The wide receivers – had some drops. The wide receivers are not getting separation. They're really doing a nice job jamming Calvin Ridley. He's not able to get off the ball. You wonder if they're using him the correct way with Zay Jones being out. And and obviously it doesn't look like Zay's going to return anytime soon. So I'm really confused all of a sudden about this offense. And, you know, you use those picks in the second and third round, which were now they appear to be fringe picks getting Brenton Strange and Tank Bigsby, they're getting next to nothing out of those two. And you have so many holes in that offensive line, and you have so many issues that you could look at with this team. And remember, there's a lot of people out there who believe that if Cam Robinson was not suspended, they would have gone defense. I disagree with that from the get-go. I thought they should have gone the offensive line. But there's a lot of people out there who believe that if not, Anton Harrison would not be here. So that would be even more of an issue with the offensive line. I'll be maybe little would be better over there at right tackle. I guess we want to know the answer to that question, but you know, the way I feel right now, Hayes, nine games in, I have more questions about this offense than I do answers. I agree. It's been really disappointing. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of problems you can solve, because as we talk, you know, a, about this almost every year, there's only so much you can do, particularly now that the, Trade deadline is passed. I mean, your your hands are tied. I uh, in in terms of all your solutions have to be found in house, uh, which makes it difficult. And I do think left guard is a position that they should really look at. And I would give Walker Little two more games. I mean, I'd be fine if they went ahead and went with Ezra Cleveland. You traded for him. He's a natural left guard in this league. It's all he's done. I uh, so obviously, and he knows Phil Rosher. I mean, I understand he didn't play his first game. He's got to get somewhat up to speed. But I, I, I'd have no problem if they made the move. I don't think they're going to because of their loyalty to Walker Little. And, you know, I, I do think this franchise is, is a little too much. Well, we don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, I think that still permeates yeah. a little more than it probably should. But uh, in terms of looking at it, he's got two more games. And it's not Walker Little's fault. I mean, he's being asked to do something he's never done before. So it's not right. it's not that it's his fault he can't do it because I think he can play tackle at a high level. But to me, whenever you get to that first playoff game and hopefully it's here in Jacksonville and and hopefully it's, you know, in the second week, it's the divisional round and they they're the lucky team with the bye and and they've got home field. But my my assumption is they're not going to have home field. They're going to have to play wild card weekend. Hopefully it'll be here in Jacksonville and you need to have that line with some cohesiveness if you can find it. 
So if Walker Little struggles against Tennessee and Houston, then that's it. You got to put Ezra Cleveland in there. That gives him six games to get acclimated in the close of the regular season so that when you go into the tournament, assuming everybody's healthy, you would have your starting five having played the last six games together. That's 300 snaps. They should have a pretty good feel for each other at that point, and, and hopefully we'll play better. The, the other thing, Rick, that, that I'm curious about, I bet you Fortner and Cher for playing through injuries, but, but they're not missing time in practice, so the injuries don't have to be disclosed because it's not costing them practice reps. And obviously they were hurt earlier in the year, but I bet you it's still lingering because it, it just, they just don't look themselves. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, Anton Harrison had quite a few injuries early on. You look at two-fifths of that offensive line, you're, you're asking them to do something they're not familiar with. Uh, we know that, what, 22 of the 23 starts for Harrison were at left tackle in college. Now he's a right tackle. Now he is nine games in, so he's fully uh, enriched in the position now, but he still had to learn it. And as you pointed out, Walker Little is nowhere near uh, a left guard, yet he's being asked to do that as well. Hey, that's common around the league. I mean, that stuff happens. Offensive linemen get beaten up, and oftentimes it becomes patchwork, and you find a way to get the best five out there and try to win, but it's affecting this offense, and, you know, they've been able to run the ball, um, you know, to an above-average extent outside of of what we did see on Sunday, and and that is because, obviously, San Francisco forced them to be a a one-dimensional team. The other problem is the ridiculous turnovers. And, you know, this feels like high school. It feels like when you're down on a quarterback uh, in in college football. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, the way he's handling the football reminds me of Chris Ricks. (laughs) He can't keep making these mistakes. And he grabs the podium and he takes ownership and he says it's on him. And that's all great. But what's it going to take for him to understand that you can't keep making the same mistake week after week? I think it's seven turnovers now in the last two games for the Jaguars. And, and a lot of these are fumbles by Trevor Lawrence that, frankly, he just cannot allow to happen. He's had 17 since he came into the league in 2021. The next closest is Lamar Jackson with 11. So just think of all the really good starting quarterbacks in pro football and how much of a gap there's been in two and a half years when it comes to losing the football. He's got to fix that. And I know that the coaching staff, I know they've done everything that they can. And, you know, they used to talk to Brett Favre about stop throwing in the double or triple coverage. They used to talk to Jameis Winston. Stop throwing in the double, triple coverage. They talked to Tim Tebow about fixing that hitch. You, you talk to these guys all the time, and you work on it, and you practice it, but once you get under the lights in a game situation, you go back to what you do uh, either best or, in this case, what you do worst. And, and I'm, I'm really concerned about Trevor Lawrence losing the football. It's going to cost him. didn't matter on Sunday because they got blown out. But it's going to cost them a huge game late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. How, how do you think Sunday's game against the Titans goes? I, I think they respond. I do. I can't see a second rookie quarterback coming in here and winning. Um, there was no pressure on the Jaguars last week. Now all of a sudden there is. 
And to me, it's not a must-win game. It's not if they lose, all of a sudden, oh, my God, they're 6-4 and four and, you know, they're up against it. I think there's pressure on them to win home, uh, win a home ball game. If, if they don't win against Tennessee, and then you've got Cincinnati and Baltimore coming in. And, you know, I get it. Carolina, through the year, on paper, at least that looks like, okay, well, there's a victory there. What is a home wild card game? I mean, right now, Jacksonville has no home field advantage. None. And last year, I thought they solved that. They got the 5-2. and two. They won a playoff game at home. We saw those come-from-behind victories a year ago, yet they get away from town and they, they get halftime leads. They never trail. They win by double digits. And doesn't matter where they're playing, it's, it's been really good to watch. So, yeah, I think, I, I think they beat Tennessee. I think they're a better football team uh, than Tennessee. But I, I also believe, Hayes, that there's a little bit of pressure on them um, to win a home game. Now, again, I don't know if they're aware of that. We'll talk about it. The fans feel it. But I do wonder, is this just me throwing something out there, or is it legitimate that they will feel that pressure about winning a home football game? Yeah, they've been asked about it all week, and so I'm sure it's going to become annoying because I I don't think it's anything other than coincidental. I I don't think it's that they choke at home or – they tighten up in front of the crowd. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you've you've talked about this a lot on your show, and you're dead on. It's not a hard place to be a pro athlete. I mean, this is a this is a city that wraps its arms around the Jaguars, and you know, for the most part, it 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 doesn't apply a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, and, and so there there's no reason for me to think that they have an issue playing at home, other than the fact that it's just coincidentally they just they just haven't. But I don't think that that's a trend or anything that that you have to worry about I just think it's how the the cookie is is crumbled so far this year but I expect they'll play well Sunday I am a little concerned about the Titans defensive front I think they'll give the Jaguars offensive line problems but Tennessee can't score I mean when you when you look at it they also can't win they're three and 13 in their last 16 games which is just shocking for a, a club like the Titans but they uh they can't score in six games this season they've scored 16 points or less uh, Will Levis, I think there's enough film now that they, they have a pretty good idea of what he likes to do, what he doesn't. And the Titans can't protect Will Levis. So to me, the magic number is 21. If the Jaguars get to 21 points, I think they have like an 80% chance of winning the game. If they get to 24 yeah. points, I think they have a 90% chance of winning the game. And I think they're they're going to be in that range. So I, I like it. I like Jags convincingly. I think it'll be, I'll say, 24 to 13, you know, somewhere in there. I, I think it's a pretty comfortable... Uh, victory for uh, for the good guys Sunday. Yeah, and, and and that's all you need. I mean, just find a way to win a game at home, and and then you get out again. And and uh, you know, next week's game is going to be just uh, all of a sudden enormous because of how well all of a sudden Houston has played. So yeah, I we both agree. Um, yeah, Jacksonville should be able to bounce back here, get to seven and three, and remain in first place in the AFC South. All right, uh, let's thank our sponsor. And as well, you can contact us uh, at any time. Your reaction to death taxes in Duval, you can get me at Blue1010XL. Yeah, and you can reach me at Hayes Carlion. And do want to thank John Spicklemeyer one last time again. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, for all your car insurance needs, your home insurance needs, give John a call and just make sure, have him look over your policy. Just make sure you're not paying too much. Uh, these companies, it's getting outrageous with some of the price increases uh, and things like that. Plus, circumstances in your life could have changed. 
you just don't know. You just if you if it's been a while, have John look at your policy. He's going to tell you one of two things. He's either going to say you got a great policy here, I can't beat it, stick with it, or he's going to say, yeah, there's there's I can save you some money here for sure. So why not give him a call? Four seven one. 7155 Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. We really appreciate John Spicklemeyer and his support of Death Taxes and Duval. Yeah, no doubt. We love that. Appreciate that from John. All right, folks. Uh, again, send us your comments. Always our favorite part of Death Taxes and Duval. And we will talk with you next week. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20,